Welcome to the Alkaline Unplugged podcast. I'm Erin Parazuski, a functional fitness expert and holistic health coach. I am the founder and CEO of Alkaline, a health and wellness company that operates boutique fitness franchises across the US. I live in Menlo Park, California with my husband and two young daughters. I am joined by my podcast partner, Kathy Purnell, a master instructor at Alkaline and a former special education teacher. She has three grown daughters and lives in Los Altos with her husband, Jeff. Together, we bring you Alkaline Unplugged, a collection of conversations on a whole host of topics, from experts in the health and wellness field to the real, raw, and human stories of people like you and me. We look forward to bringing you content that will nourish your mind, body, and soul. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to your comments and feedback. If you like what you hear, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. As a disclaimer, Neither Kathy nor I are licensed medical professionals. The materials and content in this podcast are intended to be general information and are not to be considered a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome to episode five. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Erin. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Can you believe that we are wrapping up the school year and heading into summer? No. Went by really fast. (laughs) Are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be, I guess. We've talked a a lot with, or I personally have talked to a lot of parents, moms, talking about the stresses of the end of the year school push, you know, with all the end of the year parties and teacher gifts and the endless to-do list. And I actually spoke to a client today and I said, I don't think it's any better when you get into summer. And here we are in June. and you know, summer can be a super stressful time as well. Um, acting as not only mom, but chauffeur, Julie McCoy, the cruise director, making sure everybody has something planned and to do. And then not to mention all the um, summer school work that the kids have to do. And then we have to become the teacher and driving that process. Um, we're really lucky today that we're joined by Kavita Malwani, who is a longtime Alkaline client but has a background um, in women's empowerment and speaks to the whole concept of getting off the stress train. So I want to welcome Kavita. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. Why don't you give us a little background on um, what you do, how you came to this work, and anything you'd like to share? Okay, so um, I started being a coach, an empowerment coach, probably, I lost count, but about five years ago. Um, and I didn't come this way through a straight and narrow journey. Uh, to make the story short, about 2011, I had a huge turning point in my life where uh, my first cousin, who's 30, almost 31, died. Wow. Um, he had a terminal cancer. He had suffered for 12 years. Um, and even though we all knew that it was going to happen when it actually happens and you see the person and you go to the funeral is when it, it was like a big jolt for me. And I just realized how I was just living this life that, um, was full of what I thought I was supposed to do. Um, what my family of origin told me that I was supposed to do. And that if I followed those rules that I would be happy and I wasn't. And, you know, when people looked externally, they said, well, you have everything. You're married. You have two kids. You have a nice house. You have a, a, at that time I had a different business. And what, what do you need? 
what's missing. Um, so that's what started my journey to, to bring me to where I'm here. Um, I ended up hiring my first coach that I work with and uh, she was an NLP coach. Uh, and she helped me figure What's out uh, neuro-linguistic programming. It's a type of coaching. Okay. It's actually started in the 70s. So um, there's there are people that specialize in that type of coaching. Um, I don't do that type of coaching. I do kind of a hybrid of different things because I'm also a hypnotherapist, um, a Reiki master. So I bring all that into my coaching. Wow. It sounds clients. like a lot of mind-body connection, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, so that's what really got me started. And then I we moved to the Bay Area in 2013. Um, and uh, I had started a master's degree to be a therapist and we moved. So now I had to figure out a different plan. Uh, and so I, I called my coach and we worked and I started my first coaching certification then. And, and who did you get your coaching certification? Um, my, my first certification is through the Quantum Success Coaching Academy. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. husband got his through New Ventures West. Oh, nice. There's He's so many in, out there. Yes. So just At find some point one. I'll have to introduce you to him. You guys would have lots to talk about. Oh, yeah. Cool. Sure. I'd love to meet him. Um, you describe yourself as a highly sensitive woman. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So I found out shortly before moving here that I, my son, my older son was highly sensitive. I'd never heard that before. Um, highly sensitive person is a temperament that the psychologist Dr. Elaine Aaron found is present in 15 to 20% of the population. And she also found it in cross species, which was interesting. Um, and so she talks about how um, that in other cultures, sensitivity is valued and not so much in the Western culture. So the best way that I can describe it is that someone put your nervous system and raised up the, raised the volume on it. And so you tend to be bothered by things. Some of the things that you can see in children or the tags on their, their shirts bother them more than it would bother someone else. Um, sounds, smells, uh, it. And then the other part of that is I have the ability to if I let it take on feelings, emotions of others. And so that can, that can cause some other issues as you can imagine. And how would one discover whether or not they or their child had that personality type or that tendency? The trait. The yeah. trait, trait, yes. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Elaine Aaron has a free assessment on her website, hsperson.com. And she has one for adults and for kids. So that could give you an indication. It's not definitive. It's a starting point though. So that's so interesting because I would say, I, I mentioned to you, Kavita, that I, my youngest daughter, when she was very small, definitely was highly sensitive to sound. And then I just heard you speak to the point of um, how taking on others' emotions. And I know for myself, I definitely fall into that category. So I'm going to go home and take that. I'm going to take it too. Yes. Fascinating. I, I think I do too. Okay, we'll report back to okay. each other. Yeah, on I a want future to hear. podcast, we'll let you know <laughs> whether or not we are. Um, you spoke about that turning point in your life. Um, how hard was it for you to make that shift? It took a while. I'm still on that journey. Making the shift, it took a lot of self care. It took a lot of stress management. It took a lot of help from other people. 
I couldn't do it alone. So uh, naturopaths, acupuncturists, because what I didn't tell you was, in addition to that, my younger son, I have two boys, was born with all these health issues. And so I had to take care of him. And in that process, my health was suffering. Yeah, so stressful, I'm sure. Yeah, so his health issues then me uh, trying to be the best daughter and the best wife and all the definition of that and the cross-cultural stuff of, you know, first-generation American and meeting the expectation of my family of origin and what I wanted to do and the confusion. So lots of help. So my, my, what I want to do is shorten that journey for people. Yes. And you speak about getting off the stress train. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a a real loaded question. (laughs) I'm sure we could spend hours on that, but what, what are some of your tips or your learnings that you've discovered along your journey? to where you are now. Yeah. So I, I mean, I do workshop on this topic and I talk about three main things to, that you can do. And I want to really focus on one that has to do with the summer, because that's what you mentioned yes. earlier. Uh, that has to do with uh, knowing your patterns and embracing that. And so there are seasonal patterns. There are patterns that are not. Uh, the summer is a pattern that we've culturally put on, on ourselves. There's our own personal uh, rhythm of, you know, the, the normal or what's accepted is that in the morning you have energy and in the evening you sleep and you're, you're down. Some people's energy is not like that. And some people have more energy in the beginning of the year. Some people have more energy at the end of the year. I had a client who at the end of the year has some, she couldn't figure out why starting in October first. She's like, it's just right around October 1st. I start to feel just more down and not myself. And we started to think, well, we talked about it being the season and less light during the day. And then finally figuring out that it really had more to do with her cultural upbringing and um, some ancestral stuff that she had and how that impacted that part of the year for her. And so, as you know, that part of the year is more about parties and socializing and getting your house ready. And there's a lot of expectations that we put on ourselves. So she had to let go of all those things. And she did, for instance, Thanksgiving for her was a hike with her family. And then they all made a dish and they all sat together. So shifting the patterns of tradition almost in order to better suit your psychological well-being or yes. your mental health. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So moving that into the summer, right? So yes. a lot of the people listening to this are probably mothers. And the summer is a time where your kids don't have a schedule. And so you switch from being what I call an Uber driver in the school year into being the, what did you say, McCoy? Julie McCoy, McCoy. from <laughs> yes. the love boat. Yeah. Yes, from the love boat. And so then you, and then you want your kids to engage. There's a lot of pressure on moms today about making sure your kids get the enrichment in the summer and that they do this and that. And how can we let go of some of those expectations, understand how we need to function, how our kids need to function and just approach things differently? Yes. Let them be bored. That's my Let advice. them be bored. On yes. my way here, yes. I was listening to Sirius XM. I love to listen to the Andy Cohen Bravo stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Jeff Lewis had an expert on, a, a psychologist on, and they, they, the question that a caller phoned in with was, how much time should we let 
kids be on technology and how stressful that is for parents during the school Mm -hmm. year. That's easier to manage because they have schoolwork to do. And, you know, and I loved what the um, psychologist said. She said, first of all, you need to decide how much is okay for you. And then you're the parent. You get to establish that. And there's no, you know, don't feel guilty about that, like establish a routine. And I think that can be hard when Kids compare their their life to their friends' lives. They're going they do to do that with everything, though. With it's not everything. just technology. It's going to be, you know, well, my kids are little, but right. it's going to be who has or... what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who has what at lunch, and who's going to drive what car when they turn sixteen? And we just say our family rules are different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, my five year old yesterday was saying, "I'm so bored." bored i used to tell my girls i don't want to play legos or play with my dolls or jump on the trampoline i'm like just i don't know go Mm -hmm. i used to tell my girls boredom is a choice yeah and i can choose something different for you (laughs) meaning i'm gonna put you to work (laughs) it's gonna be a little like slave labor so (laughs) if i were you i would try not to act so bored (laughs) oh yeah it's really important for them to to be able to figure out what to do on their own without you having to do that but there's a lot of i would say there's a lot of pressure from you know not letting your kids as a mom to not let your kids be bored because you feel like I think I fall into this less than most (laughs) because I was bored a lot and I turned out okay but I there's that pressure of like they need to be scheduled every single second with something like you said enriching you know because they're not going to get into college or whatever if you don't have them in this specialty camp or in this you know, whatever activity. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think sometimes I get a lot of boxes, a lot of deliveries, and I just give my kids an empty box and they make puppet shows. It's amazing what the brain can do when it has yes. space to do that. As an as an adult, I give myself no space for that creative creativity. And it's yeah, and if you stifling. think if you think back to I'm I'm a generation ahead of both of you, but anyway, back back in earlier times where there weren't so many camps and there weren't so many expectations, kids had to rely on their own imagination, their own creativity, their own ability to schedule themselves in a way that I I think they've gotten too used to having us drive the program that they can't, or it's harder for them to make the decisions on what they should do. So Mm -hmm. um, So how do we close that gap between how we, you know, even if you know that, you know, in theory, there's still this kind of like tugging or pulling or stress that we put on ourselves to, you know, do right by our kids and to meet not even their expectations. Cause I don't know how many expectations they have. We set those expectations, but the expectations of those around us or this particularly here in the Silicon Valley, like it's just crazy. The amount of, um, expectation there is how do we manage that and i do wonder you mentioned silicon valley so i've often thought to myself okay are we unique in the stressors that we as parents feel around our kids and making sure that they get everything they need or is it a more of a generational thing would you find the same thing in the suburbs of chicago or you know i don't i don't know the answer to that um but it begs the question what do we do about it like mm-hmm. in, for us here in this local area, what do, what do we do? Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> there, that's um, so. In a few years ago, I read a book called *The Hurried Child*, and I wish I knew the author right now. I can't remember. Maybe um, we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, I'll look it up and I'll send it to you guys. *The Hurried Child*, and he talks about how we 
program our kids and into enrichment nonstop and they don't have the ability to create like you were talking about Aaron just giving them a box and they come up and with some kind of game that they can use with that and that it's really important for them to be able to access that creativity and to be able to calm their nervous system especially if they're highly sensitive um, and also be able to just be kids and play and so how do we how do we keep that? It's an ongoing process. I don't think you can make a decision today and say, I'm going to um, follow the patterns in my household and we're not going to overschedule and I'm going to let them be. I, I think it has to be more intentional than that. You actually maybe even have to create a support system around you of other people that are like-minded and you can check each other. I think that for women if we can help support each other in that way instead of the switch into the competitive way that is around us that would be a good place to start the process it's interesting too at alkaline during the summer i often hear moms in particular say oh i'm i'm gonna have to really scale back how much i get to work out this summer because my kids will be home and i think oh if anything i wish i could empower you and encourage you not not to make that choice for yourself, not to sacrifice your well-being for anyone's well-being, whether it's your husband, your partner, your kids, whatever, but taking that time because, you know, studies show that that, that connection between work, moving your body actually does so much good for your mental health. Um, Especially the way we do it at Alkaline, which I think is, I consider mm -hmm. it to be a moving meditation. I say so usually stay so present and mindful in what we're doing that you don't have time to stress about everything else. Like it really is an hour off of life away from the to-do list and the kids and you know, what you're going to make for dinner and an opportunity to like go inward and connect with you. So it's not just the physical, it's also like the, the mental focus. I'm not going to say it's mindless, but it's, it's like a meditation where you're, you're intentional about that, you know, connection. Yeah. I consider it like a mind body exercise and a physical exercise, right. which is why yeah. I keep coming back to alkaline. So, um, and that on, when I talk about getting off the stress train, one of the things I say is to choose your downtime wisely, consciously, because if we don't pick our downtime, then we tend to our brain's going to figure out a way to have some downtime. And so the way that I see a lot of people is scrolling social media, maybe um, being, you know, watching YouTube, Netflix, things like that. Online shopping. Online shopping. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and so instead choosing to come and do something for yourself and setting that intention that this is for me and for my sanity. And so um, you go in with that intention creates a greater impact too. I think it's also a good example to set for kids, mm -hmm. right? And I think if you look at how we parent, I would hope that when my kids are at the age where they are then parenting, they will also take that time for themselves. So you have to set the example of mm -hmm. it's okay for mommy or daddy or whomever, or like my husband, and I just went away for the weekend. It's yeah, this is okay. We, you, you'll, you're, you're going to be okay away from us, we have to also, you know, focus on ourselves or our relationship or whatever. I think it's a good example to set. Plus Alkaline has playroom. So there's like no That's excuse. True. If they're little, you can bring them with you. And we, we often say you can't give from an empty well, right? So if mm -hmm. you're always on 
output mode and never stop to, you know, take class or to go on a walk or to drive somewhere in the car without the radio on. Sometimes that can feel so uncomfortable to do, but you notice things. And it, I would imagine for a highly sensitive person, talk about a way to turn the sound down, right? Yes. You know, it's so important to be able to do that. What are some of the tips you give your clients? Do you have a lot of highly sensitive clients because that's yes. your area of expertise? Well, I didn't start with highly sensitive people. I just attract highly sensitive people. So I just decided to own it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So some of the things I talk about is making sure you have that quiet space, the mind body connection exercises like alkaline and also what you were talking about, Kathy, just being in the car that is some of um, just being in quiet and breathing. Meditation is great. There's a lot of resistance to meditation. Some people embrace it. And I teach, dif I teach my clients different types of meditation. Um, there's a couple of apps you can try for guided meditation. And if people tell me they don't have time, what I recommend is the one minute or the one moment meditation. So when you get in the car and you're about to go somewhere, take a moment, take 10, 15 breaths. And that's your meditation. If you can do that a couple times a day, three to four times a day, even better. That's more than you did the day before. So just allowing that gradual progress. So that's one of the things. Some of the things I do when I'm in a social event and I'm overstimulated, because that's one of the things that can happen, is I go to the ladies' room and go into the, the stall and just give myself the quiet time that I need and just breathe and come back out. And have you worked with your son to help him find ways to cope with being highly sensitive as well? Yeah. So it turns out both my kids are highly sensitive. <laughs> my younger one is more um, of an empath. And so I work with them and it has to be very indirect because, you know, if mom says something, I have their preteen and a teenager, it's what do I know? Right. So if I do it in a way by setting examples we um, will go on hikes together and not have music. So setting those kind of examples instead of lessons, let me teach you how to do this. Yes. They they'll take that in and respond better. Yes. Embed it into what's happening so it doesn't feel so much like a, a lesson. Mm -hmm. Yes. Good. What advice would you have for moms this summer, leaning into summer? What are your top tricks to maintain sanity during this stressful make sure you take time for yourself. Your kids will be okay if you don't schedule every single moment of the summer and even spend some time with your friends, your girlfriends, because that connection creates um, so much, so much benefit, so many benefits that I can articulate right now. Some of it is to help you relieve stress, be able to talk to others. It's really important. We're human beings. We need to connect with others. And so if you can just spend that time, if it's going for your workout and then go for coffee after, um, meet in the evening and just talk, go for a hike with them. You can do play dates. I don't know. As my kids get older, we don't do play dates anymore, but you can say, let's get together with so-and-so and spend more time just being and enjoying it. Because I can tell you, I see my son going to high school this year. It's, and you know, Kathy, it passes by so, fast. so fast. So really enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything else you'd like to share with us before we end our talk today? 
No, I, I think that uh, we went over a lot of things today. Um, I do have some more short videos if you want some tips to stay in the summer. I have a YouTube channel. They're all under seven minutes videos. What's your YouTube channel? Where can um, we find you? You can find me at the enlightenedheart.pro is my website. Um, and I have a link there to my YouTube channel as okay. well. We'll put that in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so that if you want some quick tips and you're, oh, I, I need to go back. I'm, I'm getting off. My, I'm really stressed this summer. I have some short meditations and some other tips there to help you. Great. Excellent. Thank you so much. Anything else, Erin, that you can think of that we can... So. I'm going to plan a summer for me instead of for my kids. There you That's go. That's my plan this year. Well, Alkaline Summer Camp is a way to get back to us. The whole idea of Alkaline <laughs> yes. Summer Camp was no. because last year I thought, why am I planning all this stuff for my kids? I'm going to plan something for me. Mm -hmm. So welcome to camp. There'll be happy mm -hmm. hours and evening recharge classes and mm -hmm. swag. And theme classes. It's going to be fun. fun. Yeah. That exactly. sounds fun. a little fun into our summer. Exactly. Well, thank you, Kavita. Thank we'll see you at you. the studio. Yeah, see you there. Thank you for joining another episode of Alkaline Unplugged. As a reminder, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you're listening. Comments, feedback, and requests or suggestions for future guests can be emailed to info at alkalinestudios.com. We look forward to hearing from you.